0: Israeli military has also presented a plan for evacuating civilians from the areas of fighting in Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office says the IDF presented the war cabinet with an upcoming operational plan.
1: But it doesn't specifically mention the southern uh, Gaza city of Rafa, where Israel has been planning a potential uh, ground offensive. This comes as talks are expected to resume in Qatar today to try to secure the release of more hostages in uh, Gaza in exchange for a pause in the fighting. Journalist Elliot Gottkin joins us Uh, Let's start with those hostage talks, then, because uh, you're describing how there there does appear still to be some momentum behind
0: them. There does. We had these talks in Paris on Friday and Saturday, and we had Jake Sullivan of the National Security Council uh, coming out afterwards saying there's an understanding on the contours of a potential deal had been reached. So now it seems that in Doha, they're going to be trying to deal with the Thornier issues to try to deal with those details and come to some kind of compromise. Now, up until these talks, the sticking point, at least so far as Israel was concerned, was Hamas's demands that there be a complete cessation of hostilities and the release of thousands of Palestinian prisoners, uh, demands that Prime Minister Netanyahu described as delusional. So uh, the hope now is that perhaps they are inching towards some kind of compromise, which, as you say, would lead to the freeing of some, but probably not all of those Israeli hostages, more than just around about 100, believed to still be alive and being held in captivity in the Gaza Strip after being kidnapped on October the 7th in exchange for the freeing of Palestinian prisoners. And, of course, the all-important humanitarian pause of around about six weeks. And, of course, at the same time as that, a surge in humanitarian aid to go where it's desperately needed. Um, In terms of the Palestinian Authority, um, what's the latest situation there in in terms of leadership? So, we heard uh, just this morning that the Prime Minister, Mohamed Shdaya, submitted his resignation along with that of his entire government to uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority. Now, he still needs to uh, offer his resignation in person. That still needs to be accepted. Uh, But this is seen to be perhaps one step towards the... Uh, revitalization, the reconstitution of the Palestinian Authority to enable it to be palatable to the Americans, perhaps uh, less uh, unpalatable to the Israelis, for taking control of the Gaza Strip the day after this war. Now, he will probably be asked to stay on as a caretaker prime minister, and there's no indication that whoever replaces him will be any different. And, of course, the real change for the Palestinian Authority, at least it won't be seen as changing to any serious degree until such time as Mahmoud Abbas is no longer president. He, of course, is in now, what, the 19th year of a four-year term. He's widely reviled among Palestinians. He's widely seen as being corrupt as well. So I think for the Palestinian Authority to be seen to be really changing, uh, that Mahmoud Abbas would, would probably be expected to go as well.
1: Okay, Elliot, thank you so much. The death toll from this conflict is also rising outside of Gaza. The Palestinian Ministry of Health says more than 400 Palestinians have now been killed in the occupied West Bank and East Jerusalem since October 7th, either by Israeli forces or settlers. That would include three Palestinians killed in the Jenin refugee camp this past week, which the IDF confirmed as part of what they described as a counter-terrorism raid. Nick Robertson met with the father of slain Palestinian American teen, Tawfiq Abdel Ajaba, who was shot in the West Bank last month. His father says their family is still struggling for answers and trying to bring the person responsible for his son's killing to justice.
2: So, this dirt road you see, the one down here? Yeah, this is where, where Tawfiq was shot at.
1: An American settled. father, Hafiz Abdul-Jabbar, showing us his family land, where he says his son was murdered by an Israeli settler in January.
2: He wasn't going to do anything wrong, simply a barbecue Friday prayer and come back home. And he's not a terrorist. He's an American, Palestinian kid full of life, wanted to do so much in his life.
1: His son, Taufiq was 17 years old, studying towards his dream job. NASA engineer. The family left Louisiana last spring, returning temporarily to their roots in the occupied West Bank. They visited their ancestral hilltop village home most years. All around the village, there are murals of Taufik remembered, immortalized, and underneath it says the smiling martyr. Taufik's trauma, increasingly common in the West Bank. And this is getting worse since October 7? It's getting
2: worse since October 7, way worse.
1: They're turning it more like into Gaza?
2: Exactly. They want to turn it to Gaza. You see the bullet?
1: Yes. A month after Taufik's death, Hafiz is struggling to get justice. The single shot that killed his son, an exploding bullet entering the back of his head, clear in the CT scan of his brain. Photos of the crime scene. AND AN INVESTIGATION BY THE PALESTINIAN AUTHORITY DOCUMENT TEN SHOTS. VIDEO SHOWS WHAT HAFIZ SAYS IS A SOLDIER TAKING THE FINAL SHOT. AN EYEWITNESS SAYS A SETTLER TOOK THE FIRST SHOT. ISRAELI INVESTIGATORS SAY AN OFF-DUTY POLICE OFFICER AND AN OFF-DUTY SOLDIER WERE ALSO PRESENT AT THE TIME OF Taufik's KILLING BUT HAVE YET TO CHARGE ANY OF THEM. THEY SAY THE INVESTIGATION IS ONGOING.
2: That's the problem that I'm facing right now, that we all face in here, that when they do such a thing and they're not stopped and they're not questioned, it's okay for them to do it again and again and again. And that's what keeps happening here. This is not the first kid that got shot and killed in that same area.
0: Since October 7th, nearly 400 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli soldiers and Israeli settlers. There are currently 9,000 Palestinians being held in Israeli prisons and jails.
1: Sari Bashi is an Israeli human rights expert living in the West Bank, has been tracking Israeli security force tactics there for more than a decade. (laughs) Hamas's brutal October 7th attack, she believes, became a watershed for unprecedented Israeli violence in the West Bank.
0: We have seen things piloted in Gaza and later moved to the West Bank. In terms of the levels of violence, the airstrikes, the drone strikes in Gaza are starting to become much more frequent in the West Bank. And
1: not just more aggressive and more frequent, but more audacious too, not to mention possibly illegal, according to UN experts. Like this covert Israeli special forces op in a hospital that killed three militants, believed to be planning an attack. The hospital says the men were sleeping when shot. IDF diggers gouging up West Bank streets, rendering them unusable, akin to Gaza's battle-torn thoroughfares, also deepens fears the West Bank is worsening. The impact of Israel's actions, according to respected Palestinian pollster Khalil Shikaki, is enabling groups like Hamas. The
2: West Bank is becoming more militant today than Gaza was before the war or today. Because of what the Israeli government is doing here? Because of what the Israeli government is doing, what the army is doing, and what the settlers are doing. Why are we supporting such a regime like that?
1: Hafiz is angry President Joe Biden isn't doing more to pressure Israel to rein in radical settler leaders like Security Minister Itmar Ben-Gavir, whose party has called for the annexation of the West Bank. The Israeli government maintains its military operations only target terror suspects, but settler violence has spiraled in recent months.
2: These officials on TV from the Israeli governments making these comments and, and passing weapons from Ben all to these settlers, that's why they feel like they can do anything without being charged or without being stopped.
1: IMPUNITY THAT IS RIPPING IRREVERSIBLY THROUGH HIS FAMILY. HOW CAN THEY FORGET THEIR BROTHER? CAN THEY EVER
2: FORGET THEIR BROTHER? CAN THEY EVER FORGET WHO SHOT THEIR BROTHER? NO. WHEN well, I TOLD MY WIFE I WANT TO HAVE ANOTHER TOFIQ, AND I WANT to, MY OLDER SON TO GET MARRIED AND HAVE ANOTHER TOFIQ.
1: ACROSS THE SQUARE FROM HIS FAMILY HOME THAT PREDATES ISRAEL'S CREATION BY MORE THAN 70 YEARS, is the town's cemetery, where Tawfiq is buried, feet from two of Hafiz's uncles, whom he says were killed by settlers 36 years ago.
2: That's a message to them, to the Israeli government. We're not going nowhere. Even if you put all of us right here, generations will come and free this country from you guys.
1: Defiance, yes, but beneath it, a father struggling.
2: When do I see him again? When do I see my 17 years old again? When when do I get to see him again? That's, That's the minute that I, right now I think about. I don't think about money, I don't think about businesses anymore, I don't think about anything else other than, when do I see my son again?
1: Nick Robertson, CNN, The West Bank.